نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار وانما توعدون لات وما انتم بمعجزين Allah is whom we praise, we praise Him, and we thank Him. And we seek refuge in Him from the evil of our own souls and the evil of our actions. Whomsoever He guides, none can misguide Him. And whomsoever He leaves astray, none can guide to the truth. And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah alone, and that Muhammad wasallam is His slave and messenger. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah as He should be minded, and do not die except... As Muslims, O mankind, be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul, and from that soul created its mate, and from those two spread many men and many women. And be mindful of the wombs that bore you, and be mindful of those you ask your rights from, for indeed Allah is ever watchful over you. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and speak the truth. He will guide you to righteous deeds and forgive you of your sins and whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has achieved the greatest achievement. The best of speech is Allah's speech, and the best of guidance is Muhammad's guidance, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the worst of affairs are those that are newly introduced, and everything newly introduced is an innovation, and every innovation in faith goes astray, and everything which goes astray leads to the hellfire. And that which was promised will come to pass, and nothing can be done to prevent it. When we read the Qur'an, we all know that in the very first chapter of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has laid out for us the most important concepts that have to be stressed in our lives every day, every month, and every year. In fact, some ulama have said that the reason why the Prophet ﷺ said about Al-Fatiha, who Al-Qur'an Al-Azim, who Al-Qur'an Al-Azim was Sab'ul Mathani Al-Ladi Utituhu. It is the immense recitation, the immense Qur'an, the immense recitation and the seven praiseworthy which I have been given is because the Qur'an, is because the entirety of the Qur'an is summarized in the meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha. In every one of the seven verses, we can find that meaning reiterated somewhere else in the Qur'an. 
Now all of us, we read it at least 17 times a day. Guide us to the straight path. Guide us to the straight path. And that continuing request for guidance necessitates that we take some action to be able to live up to it. It means that when we, are, we want to be guided, we have to allow ourselves to be guided. We have to allow ourselves to realize the meanings that play out in our life. In other khutab, you might have heard me talk about that there's really no point or there's really no power behind positive affirmation or negative affirmation if we don't take action. So sometimes we tell our things about ourselves things, we tell our thing we tell ourselves things about ourselves, we tell our things we tell ourselves things about Allah, about what we expect in this life, in the next life, but we don't back it up. And as I've said, if you want to know the power of positive or negative affirmation, when you leave the masjid today, simply sit in the front seat of your car, do not take your key out of your pocket. And say to yourself, I have the fastest, most reliable car that can take me anywhere. And then see how far you go. You won't get anywhere until you actually take the key out and turn the ignition on and step on the gas. So what is the action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us after we've asked him, after we've affirmed that we're in need of hidayah, in need of guidance from him? Guide us to the straight path. He then tells us, The path of those that you have shown your favor, not the path of those who have earned your anger, nor have gone astray. But what is it that takes us on that straight path? That is the book in which there is no doubt guidance for those that are mindful of Allah. Again, the mention of guidance. But what is it that allows us to use that guidance to take us where we're going in this life and to arrive to Allah in the next? In the very first imperative directed to mankind in the Qur'an, we find it shortly after. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhannas, u'abudu rabbakum. O mankind, worship your Lord. O mankind, worship your Lord. Alladhi khalaqakum, walladhina min qablikum. Though he who created you, and created those before you. La'allakum tattakum. So that you can gain mindfulness of him. The one who made the earth easy for you to traverse and raise the heavens above you. And the one who sustains you. So don't place equals with Allah when you have full knowledge of that. You have full knowledge of not placing equals with Allah. But let me ask you this. Many of us are not involved in any way, shape, or form of equating anyone to Allah. 
So there's two things that are going going on here in this verse. We focus so much at the end. We say, well, I haven't worshipped an idol. I haven't uh, affirmed uh, uh, attributes of of, of divinity to anyone of Allah's creation. I haven't placed a nid, an equal or a pair or, or a partner with Allah. But we're concentrating so much on the position that we give to others vis-a-vis Allah's position that we forget where are we in the equation. And this takes us back to the beginning of that verse. Ya yuhannas, O mankind. Not just O Muslims. O mankind, u'budu rabbakum. Worship your Lord. Let's focus on this word, u'budu. It's an imperative. It's a command. But it comes from the root word Ain Ba Dal. Ain Ba Dal. Abada. Now we usually translate this as to worship. But what does the word Ubudiyah or Ibadah, what does it mean linguistically? It has two roots linguistically. One of them is humility. And subservience. Azulur wal khudur. Humility and subservience. Many of us, as is apparent to all of us that live here in the greater Houston area, are well acquainted with the problems of fixing the roads and the ongoing construction that we find on the roads. True or not? Most of our roads are either asphalt or concrete. When you lay asphalt, what do you have to do? You have to bring a roller, a giant machine that does what? Presses the asphalt down, compacts it, makes it flat, makes it stick in one place, allows it to hold itself together so that it can be traversed over easily. This in Arabic is called At-Tariq Al-Mu'abbad. This is a street or a road that is an abd. It has been humbled, pressed down, made subservient, put to its lowest spot, compacted and held together. This is one meaning of ibadah. That you strive for the ultimate in humility. Because your goal is the ultimate act of love. Which is why the Prophet ﷺ said, أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونَ الْعَبْدُ إِلَى رَبِّهِ وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ The closest that one of you, the closest that a slave will be to his Lord, is when he is prostrated. There could be no more humiliating of an act than to take someone's face and push it into the dirt. To place it on the ground. If any one of us came up to us, uh, came up to us right after Jummah and tried to wrestle us to the ground and stick our face in the sand or stick our face in the grass, what would we do? It would be UFC outside. We'd be fighting like there's no tomorrow. But voluntarily, because we realize the immense power, grandeur, and deservingness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be the only one that we humble ourselves to. We make ourselves humble and subservient. 
we place ourselves low so that he may take us higher. The other meaning of al-ibadah is al-quwwah, wasila, power, connectivity. They say, هَذَا ثَوَابٌ لَهُ عَبْدًا or abada. This is a, a reward that has power to it. Nufud. It connects. So when a person places themselves as an abd, not only have they ceded their power to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have channeled His power through themselves. They have made Him the source of all power. They have given themselves power by submitting to His power. الذي خلقكم والذين من قبلكم He who created you and those who came before you. He's the one who made it easy for you to traverse over the land, to fly in the sky, to look and admire the stars, to explore space. فَلَا تَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا when you are in this humbled and subservient and submissive role, there is no one else that you should be thinking of. So you won't have place in mind when you realize your position vis-a-vis Allah. No one else will come into mind. No one else will ever be seen as deserving. No one else should be praised like Allah is praised. No one else should be described like Allah is described. No one else deserves for you to devote all of your actions to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, ulama have defined ibadah as a technical term in different ways. Some of them have said غَايَةُ الْخُضُوعِ مَعَ غَايَةُ الْمَحَبَّةِ The ultimate humility with the ultimate love. Others have said, إِسْمٌ جَامِعٌ لِكُلْ مَا يُحِبُّهُ اللَّهُ وَيَرْضَاهُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ أَوْ عَمَلٍ ظَاهِرٍ أَوْ بَاطِلٍ It is an encompassing term that every statement and action, outward and inward, that is beloved and pleasing to Allah falls under. Everything, everything that you do in life can be an act of ibadah. As long as you enter into it with the proper intention. As long as you keep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in mind. Which is why the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, that إِنَّ حَسَنَ الْخُلُقِ لَيَبْلُغُ بِخُلُقِهِ دَرَجَةِ الصَّوَّامِ الْقَوَّامِ أو كَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The person who has good character can reach the level of one who stands all night in prayer and fasts all day. Because of the intention of simply doing good to others. Can change what is a mundane, simple act into something that is done solely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We many times don't think of that. But one thing that I want to remind everyone here, it's not only about the mundane that we have good intentions about. But it's also the formal acts of worship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mandated for us to fulfill as Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ said in the Hadith Qudsi, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ما تقرب عبدي إلي بشيء أحب إلي مما افترضته عليه My slave will never seek proximity and closest to me with anything more beloved than that which I have mandated him to do. وَلَا يَذَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ And my slave will never continue to seek that proximity and closeness to me until I love him. فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ كُنْتُ سَمَعُهُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ وَبَصَرُهُ الَّذِي يُبْصِرُ بِهَا وَيَدَهُ الَّذِي يَبْطِشُ بِهَا وَرِجْلُهُ الَّذِي يَمْشِي بِهَا إِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَأُجِيبَنَّهُ وَلَئِنِ اسْتَعَاذَنِي لَأُعِيذَنَّهُ My slave never ceases to seek proximity and closeness to me with anything more beloved than those things I have mandated him to do. And he continues to do so with other acts of worship until I love him. And when I love him, I become his eyes by which he sees, his ears by which he hears, his hand by which he grasps, and his feet by which he walks. If he were to ask me, I would give him. And if he were to seek refuge, then I would give him refuge. This doesn't mean that we become part of Allah or Allah, no. But everything that we do, we see it through the lens of channeling Allah's power through ourselves. That there is no dignity for us as human beings unless we're dignified by the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that starts by our dedication to the very basics of Islam. To the very core concept that Islam is based on. The worship of Allah. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have not created man or jinn except لِيَعْبُدُونِ To worship me. To humble themselves to me. To submit themselves and be subservient to me. Now if we were to read this verse backwards, we can see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses everything that we seek in life. Allah says at the end of the verse. He is the one mighty in power. Everyone seeks some form of power. Everyone seeks to get over on someone else, to gain control over someone else. If that's what you want, why do you want it? Because you're in fight or flight mode. You're, in a, in, 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 you're, you're trying to survive. Why are you trying to survive? Because you need sustenance. Inna Allah huwa razzaq Allah is Ar-Razzaq, the sustainer, Dhul-Quwwatul-Mateen, mighty in power. Want power in life? Want sustenance and you want to be supported? Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ Allah says, I don't want any sustenance from them. I don't need them to feed me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is in no need of any of His creation. He has no need for anyone or anything. He says about the Udhiyah, Qurbani, during Hajj. لَيَّنَالُ اللَّهُ لُحُومُهَا وَلَا دِمَاؤُهَا وَلَكِنْ يَنَالُوا التَّقْوَى مِنْكُمْ The meat and the flesh of these animals don't reach to Allah, 
But what reaches him is your mindfulness of him. So Allah mandates these things for us in order for us to gain closeness to him. So every obligation that we have as Muslims is not an obligation as a chore. It's not to be difficult. It's not to make it think like this is so hard to do. In fact, it's very easy. But all it takes is mindfulness, heartfulness, our hearts and our minds together, thinking rationally and emotionally about where we will end up. What do we want in life? And how do we obtain it? This was the message of all prophets and messengers. Nuh said, Ya ma lakum min ilahin ghayru. Oh my people, worship Allah. You have no other deity but Him. You have no one other that deserves to be devoted to, to be loved and hoped and feared, except for Him. But it takes a conscious decision. Going back to that hadith, all those things that Allah has mandated. Why pray? Why do something as basic as pray five times a day? And I know sometimes you're busy. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you're embarrassed. Sometimes you're just tired. But that's the beauty of Islam. When we understand what Allah wants from us and the dispensations that He's given us, things become very easy. Prayer is not five fixed times during the day. It's five windows of times during the day. An earliest time and a latest time for one prayer. Which is why it's 3.10 and we're praying Jum'ah right now. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us from the earliest time that Dhuhr comes in till the latest time that it goes out right before Asr to pray that prayer. If we can't stand, we sit. If we can't sit, we lie down. Even if we can't move our body, we blink our eyes. Can't move anything, consciousness and an emotional state of submitting oneself to Allah. If you're in that physical if you have those type of physical inabilities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna hadihi ummatukum ummatan wahida wa ana rabbukum fa'budun. Indeed, this ummah of yours is one ummah. And I am your Lord, so worship me. There's a lot of talk about Muslim community. There's a lot of talk about Muslim diaspora. There's a lot of talk about Muslim minorities. There's a lot of talk about Muslims as a group in the United States right now. But I can tell you this. If we don't believe, if we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. If we don't center all of our defenses of civil rights, if we don't center the policies and procedures of our Islamic organizations, if we don't center the character that we embody when we come to the masjid in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it will all be for vain. We will end up like everyone else who has ended up. 
like everyone else has ended up. Lost in the sauce, unable to process because there was not a higher goal in mind. And notice, that higher goal comes with lowering ourselves, lowering our souls, lowering our egos, allowing ourselves to imbue humility, subservience to Allah in all things that we do. This state of ibadah, of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can only come by being constant. The most beloved acts to Allah are those that are done consistently, even if they're small. What does that mean for, for us? That means that we get caught up in grandiose concepts. We get caught up in superfluous and extra things. And we forget that it's the very, very basics that it always comes back to. If you're not praying your five prayers, then a Muslim conference is not going to do you any good. A special t-shirt or a hat is not going to do you any good. Those all become things of identity. Things that can change with style. What never goes out of style is the worship of Allah. It's there at all times and at all places. And it can be as simple as something as the feeling in your heart of appreciating the beauty in life around you to something as immense as waking in the morning and praying your prayer. But I missed my Fajr. I woke up past, past the time. I can't, I, I, I guess I missed it. I can't pray. If a man, a slave of Allah, pray, sleeps past their prayer, then the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever sleeps past the prayer or forgets it, then let him pray it when he remembers it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is all encompassing. Why does he want that from us? I can tell you that the one thing that impressed me the most about Islam before I accepted Islam. I heard about Islam at the age of 14. I'm not a new Muslim, I'm a very old Muslim, 27 years. But I can tell you that the one thing that I found lacking in myself was regimen. And the one thing that Islam teaches us is regimen in our daily lives through the five prayers. Regimen in our financial lives through zakat. Regimen in our lifetime goals with hajj. Regimen in our health and our giving through Ramadan. And regimen in our beliefs and our theology through stating the shahada. A lot of people will come and they'll say, and I mentioned this many times when I do interfaith events, people say, well, why is it important that we pray? Everything can be worship of God. Well, everything can. But there are expectations of us. And those expectations are for our own benefit. Why do you pray five times a day? There's a hadith, but I want to tell you the modernized version of the hadith. I always say to people, what kind of car do you have? You have a Toyota, great. Do you have a Toyota service center in your home? Yes, I do. Okay, that Toyota service center. If you take your car to that Toyota service center once in the morning going to work, 
once during your lunch break, once in the evening. What's the likelihood that something's going to break down? Not very high. What if you did it five times a day? Not very high. Why? Because you're constantly renewing your warranty and checking in on yourself and making sure everything is operating in operating order. That's prayer. Prophet Ali was asked the same thing. He told people living in a desert environment, always with dust around them. What if you washed yourselves and bathed five times a day? Same concept. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blames those who are too proud to worship him when he says, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ مُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ And your Lord has said, call upon me, I will answer you. Indeed, those that are too proud to humble themselves in my worship, then they will enter into Jahannam in a debased state. أَقُولُ مَا تَسْمَعُونَ وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَلِسَارِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ ذَنْبِ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ الحمد لله وحده صلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تسنى بسنتهم إلى يوم الدين. So what's the benefit of worshiping Allah of Humbling ourselves and being subservient to Allah, there are several. وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلُ الْقُرَىٰ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ If the people of this earth would believe and be mindful of Allah, He would open up the blessings of heavens and earth. Want rizq? Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ كَيْدُهُمْ شَيْئًا And if you have patience and are mindful of Allah, then those who plot and plan against you will never harm you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٌ Those who are my ibad, those who are my slaves, who humble themselves to me, shaitan, you will never have any power over them. If you want spiritual freedom, if you want economic freedom, if you want social freedom, you have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ Indeed, Allah does not forgive that anything be joined in partners with Him and He forgives everything else to whomever He wills. Worship Allah alone and worship no other and you can expect for your sins to be forgiven. And the greatest freedom is that in and of itself. That you can rely on alone and He will be enough for you in everything that you ask in everything that you desire, in everything that you wish for, in this life and the next, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافِ الْعَبْدَةِ وَيُخَوِّفُونَكَ بِالَّذِينَ مِن دُونِي Is Allah not enough for His slave, but they will try to strike fear in you with other than Him. اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا يا رب العالمين O Allah, forgive us of our sins and our transgressions and our affairs. And make our feet firm, O Lord of the world. Allah, 